And so, you know, a year goes by or something, and I, lo and behold, this thing was materializing. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And I thought, you know what, I need to get in touch with him. And we talked about it, and I decided. And then he informed me that the local scout district, that district over there, they have an annual overnight hike where they actually hike the Mormon Battalion Trail. And that, that just, I mean, that dinged the dong there. So I thought, hey, I'll be there. Do you wonder what it's like to hike at night along the trail? Peter and Kevin were joined by Kevin's former missionary companion, Mark Woodbury, to participate in the never-to-be-forgotten El Centro night hike. Watching the happy reunion of these missionary companions made me think of Alma and the Sons of Mosiah from the Book of Mormon. There was true rejoicing to see, and in this case, after 34 years, that, quote, they were still brethren in the Lord, yea, and they had waxed strong in the knowledge of the truth. On our podcast interview, we are interviewing a person that I did not know until we started on the trek. Kevin and him have a long history together, which you'll Kevin be able to <laughs> Kevin and Mark have a long history together, which you'll learn about as we go forward. But I'm excited because they knew each other so long ago, but they were able to reconnect and in time for Mark to come and participate and be part of um, our experience on the trail. So tonight we're visiting with Mark Woodbury and his wife, Becky, and Becky joined us at the end of the trail in San Diego. So that's why she's here to share some insights as well. So thanks for coming and making time to visit with us tonight. Yep, happy to be here. I've already kind of alluded to the fact that you and Kevin knew each other yay many years ago, Mark. So let's have the two of you figure out how you connected the very first time. Our first time we saw each other was back in 75. Since you guys are old. We lost, <laughs> we lost track of each other after about, it was 09. Yeah. I must have come across your email and I sent you an email. One day we ended up calling each other. We found out that we were both involved in scouts. Kevin was involved with 11-year-old scouts, and I was involved with possibly the varsity scouts. I don't remember. And Kevin talked about an event that he had been taking his scouts to over in Bay City, Michigan, and it was a historic recreation. So he took his 11-year-old scouts over there just to kind of see it and experience it. He uh, told me about all the fun. The next year they went back, and they got into making regalia. Kevin said to me, he says, I was trying to figure out how I could get these boys more involved in historic events. And he says, I was, he said he was laying in bed and he woke up in the middle of the night or early that morning. And he he says, it hit me just like a bolt of lightning. He says the Mormon battalion. So he got his 11 year old scouts to focus on recreating the regalia, the clothes and stuff that the Mormon battalion used. And, And an advantage to that is that the Mormon battalion didn't really have much apparel that was a uniform. They had like two or three things they had to make, and they were, other than that, their clothes was whatever they could acquire. Kevin said he was working on that, and and some time must have gone by, and then all of a sudden, he hits me with this idea that I'm going to hike the Mormon Battalion Trail. And I thought to myself, he's nuts. He's falling off the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) And I just said, I just placated him. I said, sure, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Placated. I love it. So it was that was about a year or two out before he actually was planning on doing it. 
And so, you know, a year goes by or something, and I, lo and behold, this thing was materializing. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And so I got his links and stuff so I could kind of follow along where he is out on the trail and whatnot. And I was watching him, and, and I realized that he was going to be down in Yuma, and that was kind of the closest place to St. George, Utah. And I thought, you know what, I need to get in touch with him. And we talked about it, and I decided. And then he informed me that the local scout district, that district over there, they have an annual overnight hike where they actually hike the Mormon Battalion Trail. And that that just, I mean, that dinged the dong there. So I thought, hey, I'll be there. I got my old Pontiac and headed south by myself and got down there about 1 o'clock in the morning and finally found Kevin in this park. And, yeah, we saw each other the first time there in the dark probably in what 30 plus years or something so that's how we that's how we connected and that's how we found each other again and becky what was your impression hey i was all for it i mean why not go and and do something like that that's that's a good thing and he enjoys it he loves doing those kinds of things and it gets him out of the house i wasn't gonna say that So we're going to have Kevin tell his memories of meeting and then reconnecting. So 1975, I was winding up uh, the last few months of my mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was stationed in in Bay City, uh, Michigan. Mark, were you brand new? I was green as they come. Green meaning that was my first area. Yeah. So... uh, I had just sent off my previous companion, and, and Mark was sent to me as a new companion from Lansing, uh, East Lansing, where our mission headquarters were at. So he comes charging in on a Greyhound bus uh, one morning, and, and I'm responsible to help teach him. We had a lot of fun. We were in Bay City, you may recall, when that big storm that sank the Edmund Fitzgerald yes. Lake Superior hit. Yes, I remember that. That was one heck of a storm. and. Uh, yeah, we, we had that pathetic little Christmas tree that year. Were you surprised when Mark got a hold of you? Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of out of the blue. And, you know, the email was something to the effect of, no, I no, I think it was a phone call. And uh, he says, this Kevin Henson was in Michigan on a mission? Yeah, sure is. Well, this is Mark Woodbury. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Elder Woodbury. Yeah. So for me, it was fun because I didn't know Kevin before when he was on his mission. And so it was fun to have that connection and that experience with your relationship. So for me, that was a treat. A window into my shaded past. (laughs) Well, you mentioned that you joined us near Yuma for that interesting scout hike. So Kevin, how did you even find out about the hike? Let's let's talk about the night hike, shall we? (laughs) Okay, so Mark has indicated already that both of us were involved in scouts as uh, scout leaders. And uh, of course, you know, safety is an important aspect of of, uh, taking kids out to to the wilderness. So we had been invited to participate in this night hike run by, I think it was the Imperial District or Council. And we were supposed to meet at this one particular memorial marker one evening, I think it was a Friday evening, uh, about six o'clock, sundown is about seven o'clock. So we show up there and uh, what, we got about 80 kids? About that. And uh, a couple of the uh, 
coordinators for the event. They had been doing this for like 20, 25 years, something like that. I think 30 from the notes I was looking at, but. Oh, okay. 29 stuck in my mind, but that, okay. Yeah, that's uh, close. I'll buy that. And uh, so the coordinator, he basically says, okay, it's uh, it's about time to start. The Mormon battalion marched through here at nighttime. And so I'm gonna let you pick up there and tell what you remember. Ah, well, what I remember was really quite interesting is here we are on the very Southern edge of the United States and and uh yeah we're what a mile from the border yeah a mile or less from the border i think and i've never in st george utah we don't see very many border patrol trucks running around but the closer i got to the border the more i realized that there's these green trucks running around with rangers in them and and we were kind of gathered gathered at a group on the side of this road kind of just around some tamarisks or something some bushes and, and uh I, I remember some border patrol vehicles rolling in <laughs> and they kind of stopped and talked to us. And I guess somebody explained it to them, but I'm thinking we're going to be running out through the yip yaps in the middle of the night hiking. And I'm thinking, I wonder how many other border patrols are going to come cruising up to us out there in the, the, the outbacks, you know, wondering what are these people doing running through the woods in the middle of the night? <laughs> woods? What woods? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few mes mesquite bushes. That's about it. I wouldn't call those woods, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so do you remember the instructions that that leader gave to the kids? So it's it's Peter Gilbert, you, me, and those other two leaders, right? That's the adults, yeah. Yeah, that, the five adults for about 80 kids. So at this point, I'm already... You know, my eyes are kind of getting a little bit big. <laughs> and and then the leader comes up and he says, okay, it's just turned dark. He points off in one direction and says, see those orange lights over there, kids? That's the prison. Don't hike in that direction. See those lights over there? They're kind of white. That's Plaster City. You walk directly towards those lights. And, and when you finally see our, our campfire, Come on over to the campfire and, and we'll feed you dinner. Holy cow. That was it. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And then the two guys got in the car and drove off, leading you, me, and, and Peter as the only adults with 80 kids. No one remember didn't see any, any other adults with us. I just thought we were strung out somewhere. No. No. <laughs> That's no wonder your comments are the way they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my voice is rising now, even, you know, 30 years the later. stress. Oh, man. And I remember us looking at each other and just think, oh, my gosh. What <laughs> happens if one of these kids falls into an arroyo and breaks a leg? A rattlesnake nails rattlesnake. We had a cell phone, didn't we? Did they have cell phones back then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but reception wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, I don't remember. We never tested it. <laughs> yeah. Because why? We got sprung this at the last second. We didn't know what we were getting into there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So what else do you remember, Mark? Well, it's like Kevin says, I didn't. See, there was no other adults hiking with us. We just had all these kids around us, and some of them were way out front. And I don't know that there were very many were behind us. I wouldn't really know. Because it was, it was dark. dark. Yeah, it was, all you could do is just point yourself towards the light and and... Hopefully all of us made it there. 
There may be a gospel parallel there. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah. Go yeah. towards the light. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty good sized bonfire, if I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, all these little kids flopping down on the ground and you got too close to the fire, you burned. If you didn't get close enough, you froze to death because it was pretty darn cold. Yeah, it got cool. But, you know, the great thing was Peter and I could pawn off our, our guns on the kids. They wanted to carry the guns, so we let them. Yeah, and they did. There was one kid that he carried. I mean, that those guns weigh like 10, 12 pounds. 10 pounds. Yeah, 10 pounds. And one kid, he uh, he wanted to carry it, and so you let him carry it. And I'm thinking, okay, wonder how long this is going to last. And he carried it, and he carried it. And you said, well, do you want me to carry? Oh, no, I'm fine. I want to carry it. So he <laughs> continued to carry that gun. He felt pretty pretty uh, special about being able to carry that gun. So I don't. I know I didn't. I didn't have a gun at that point in time. So I was just along for the ride. I was having fun. Oh my gosh. I still, I'm sitting here shaking my head still. It's like, oh my gosh. That was... <laughs> I remember when you came back the next day, Kevin was just incredulous. He said, you have no idea what we've just experienced. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, I got that scout leader aside later on and kind of, you know, pinned him to the wall on why in heaven's name are you doing this? You know, that's nuts. He said, eh, in all these years, we've only lost one kid and we found him the next morning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there's not, there's not a lot down there to get, to get lost behind. It's not like you're up in the Alpine with a whole bunch of trees. You know, you could do one flyover and spot a kid and with all the border patrol agents, I'm sure they could find him sometime. I guess. But still, that was, yeah, that was the crazy. I mean, I've done some crazy things with the cows, but nothing that crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you experienced the walk in the desert at night, Mark. What kind of impressions and thoughts did you have? Well, it was pretty, it was a pretty easy hike because we were out there on the flat desert. There was not much elevation to deal with. And it was mostly, wind-blown gravel that we were walking on, I think. There wasn't a lot of deep sand that I remember. No. So the walking was pretty easy and there wasn't a lot of bush to go around. So you just kind of, you went around a bush and you looked at the next bush that was in your way and you just kind of walked towards it and then you went around it. So they were far and few in between. So the walking was pretty easy and we did have a full, we had a pretty good moon, didn't we? I'd have to look it up. It seems to me we didn't, but. Yeah, I don't remember. There may not have been a lot, but we weren't stumbling over stuff, and and I don't really remember having a flashlight on. No, we didn't. No flashlight. I mean, we had a flashlight, but we didn't need one. Yeah, I think I think it was light enough that we could see the ground, we could see the bushes, and as long as you picked your toes up, you didn't fall on your face. And so that's kind of what I remembered. Yeah. So some of that could have been the city lights and the prison light, you know. Don't hike to the prison. Yeah, I don't. So, so I don't know where the lights were coming from. Did you have was, any impressions from your hiking that night about what the lights have been like for the battalion? Uh, my mind was not on the battalion that night. I'm, I'm watching the kids. Yeah. I'm watching my toes and I'm watching the kids because I'm, I mean, I was kind of freaked out. Truly, I was. As I'm out there walking, I'm, I'm sure I thought about the battalion. And I thought about the men that had be probably been out of water for, I don't know, I knew they were out of water and desperate for water at that point in time. Yeah. But I 
it's a real it's a real eye opener to realize how much easier it is to hike at night when the heat is not so bad because you don't your mouth doesn't dry out as bad as often and uh, I'm sure I didn't I'm sure I drank water whenever I wanted to but I thought about you know if you didn't have it how would you feel as I recall we tanked up and had extra water with us <laughs> yeah we had we had everything we needed for the kids too yeah originally I'd kind of hoped at one point to hike from the Colorado over to Carrizo Creek where they got their first good water using very limited water but that uh, that didn't work out that way the schedule just didn't allow it yeah how far did you guys hike that night do you know we probably only walked about an hour and a half maybe two hours at the most no we didn't come dragging in until after midnight buddy was it yeah so I'm, i was in i was having a good time i i think we did about 12 miles that night and about another three miles the next morning now it kind of got blurry i didn't realize we had to get up and hike to our breakfast <laughs> so <laughs> i'd forgotten that part yeah, they fed us a little something that there at the bonfire when we got in at night. But uh, yeah, we, we got up the next morning and, and then we had to hike over to uh, a parking area just to the west of Plaster City and the factory. Okay, that rings a bell. Yeah, we had dinner before we hit the trail. We stopped at a restaurant or something. <laughs> you were wise. We tanked yeah. up good. Yeah. yeah. If I'd really been wise, we could have bought a bunch of burgers and put them in the sack and sold them to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's an opportunist. Scout scout fundraising activity. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Get back some of that popcorn money. Yeah, there you go. Do you have any relatives in the battalion, Mark or Becky? Not not that I know of. No, not that I know of either. However, I haven't really searched it that far. And I guess there's a possibility. I just I just found out uh, I've probably heard this before in years past. I haven't really grasped a hold of it, but the last uh, Three or four months, I real came to the realization that my fourth great grandfather Woodbury was involved in the American Revolution, and oh, wow. he he spent time at Valley Forge and a couple other places. He was out of Massachusetts. Well, if if you check out the BYU Relative Finder app, you can you can select to see if your ancestors that are in Family Search uh, connect up to the Mormon Battalion. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah, it's pretty fun to see the people that you're related to, and it extends beyond just the category of some church groups. And uh, yeah, it's really a fun thing to do. What else did you do while you were with us, Mark? Do you have any other memories of your time that you spent with us at Yuma, down mm -hmm. at Yuma area? Mm -hmm. Well, I remember we, uh, I got in there Friday night. And Kevin pointed at the tent, says, "There's yours." And I crawled in and rolled my bag out, and we went to sleep because it was it was early morning. And and that's the city park there at Yuma, where the big statue is at, right? Yes, where the and the next. And I really didn't. Kevin probably muttered something, and I didn't really catch on what was happening. But the sun came up, and I found myself in this park with this. And I guess I wandered around and found this statue, and people were there setting up stuff, I think, and. And I realized, oh, there's something going on this morning. Sure enough, people showed up, and and they had a some speeches and some ceremonies. And uh, was that a dedication of a stat of that monument at that point in time? No, they had dedicated it the year before, as I recall. Okay, yeah. So we spent, you know, a couple hours there and listened to the locals talk about 
you know, the different things. And I realized, hey, there's people uh, that were con- there were people that were connected to the Mormon Battalion that were living down that area. I think. Yeah. Wouldn't that Wouldn't that be correct? Yeah, the people that put up the statue are descendants. Yeah, and so you know, cl- clear across this continent, we've got people that somehow are attached to the Mormon Battalion. And they're in Yuma. They pass through, what, 120? No, 30 years prior. One, one. Well, it's 175 years this year. So. Oh, it's that's right. I'm off a bit. 162 yeah. years. Yeah, there you go. Hike. Yeah. So yeah, 160 some odd years prior, they'd pass through there, and now they've got descendants living in the area. Thought that was kind of cool. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's been kind of an interesting thing to to find all these different people related to different places. Like Peter Gilbert didn't realize he was even related to anybody in the church until he he had joined the church. And uh, that he had two ancestors in the battalion. Oh, wow. In those days, I didn't know that I had a relative in the battalion. Of course, I'm doing all this battalion stuff for, you know, close to 20 years and had no inkling I had a relation in the battalion. But uh, one of my Mississippi relatives had told me once that some of the uh, maternal side of the family, the Howells, uh, had had one of their sons go north and fight for the Yankees during the Civil War. I was always intrigued by that uh, throughout my life and uh, had never found any connection. And uh, so after, after the hike was done, about four or five years later, when that uh, little program relative finder came out, uh, I popped that up one day and my the closest relation I had in any of those uh, groupings was TCD Howell, Thomas Charles Davis Howell. And I thought, well, that's really weird. And he's related to Caleb Howell, who I knew was in my, in my family genealogy. And I looked across and it said Mormon battalion. And I just huh. fell off my chair. Wow. It's my fourth great uncle. He didn't go north to fight for the Yankees. He went north to join the church and went in the Mexican War. Wow. Just coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> that's, that's pretty neat. It's fun to hear um, the people that we visited with and their ancestors or relatives and the things that um, have been important and touching to them so to have kevin listen to that all down the trail and be doing what he was doing and yet never know or feel like he was really a part of it with Mm -hmm. his family heritage then to have him come home and find out oh wow yeah yes indeed and the fun thing kevin didn't mention was that he found out that his relative um signed up in mount pisgah agreed oh. to go in Mount Pisgah, which is where we started. Right. And he, and he did go to California, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's it's fun. And how does that impact you, Kevin? We've asked other people, but how does knowing what he did and reading about the other things and sacrifices he made affect the way you approach things now? Good question. I, I, I don't know that it's really changed how I approach it and I don't really know that it's changed how I feel about the battalion members but it is it's really neat to have that 
very close connection. It's not a direct ancestor, but it, it is a relative that, oh my gosh, you know, uh, here, here's a guy who believed enough to uh, joined the church. He joined in Tennessee, so he wasn't uh, up in Nauvoo, but he, he went to Nauvoo and was there with his wife. His parents had joined also, but none of his siblings did. His parents passed away in Tennessee. He went to Nauvoo with his wife and evacuated Nauvoo in February, March of 1946, 40, and then joined the battalion. And uh, endured all the things that everybody else did. He uh, later in life was captain of one of the uh, wagon trains going west. They sent him back to Iowa to bring a wagon train west. Later in life, Brigham Young sent him to help settle uh, southeastern Idaho. So I have distant relatives up in Idaho. So it's just, you know, it, it connects you in ways that uh, I don't I don't understand the full import of it yet. It still goes back to this thing waking up in the middle of the night saying the Mormon Battalion when I had no 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 connection, no real knowledge of the Mormon Battalion. There's I, I will if you'll pardon the expression, the hand of God is in it for some, oh, yeah. somehow, and I yeah. don't understand. But I'm grateful for the connection. It makes it it makes it all seem a little more plausible now. <laughs> Not you're not quite so crazy. <laughs> no, I still think I'm crazy, but uh, some of us know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. You'll hear more from Mark and his wife Becky about their time in San Diego, and at the end of the podcast segments, we'll have them give you an update about the famous Battalion Trek Porta Potty. Thank you very much for taking time to visit with us and remember and reminisce and chuckle and help all of our listeners not wonder what's happened to the porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> well, great memories of the porta potty and you guys. So yeah. thanks again for making time for us tonight. Sounds great. All righty. Hey, thanks you guys. Have a great night. You too. Yep, thanks. You too. Thank thanks. you. Bye. Sure love you, bud. Sure love you, too.